With the cold weather season driving us indoors, it's a good time to consider how room acoustics affect our sonic space. You might have noticed that music outside doesn't sound as good as inside. It's because of the lack of reflections. Sound bounces off of walls, ceilings, and floors. Every room is an echo chamber. Reflections make the music sound louder and fuller, but they can get out of control, piling up and overemphasizing certain frequencies, making speech unintelligible and music noisy, muddy, or boomy. It happens when there are hard surfaces facing each other. The echoes repeat themselves at a specific frequency. This is called flutter echo, and it can be fixed by absorption, hanging acoustic panels or laying a rug under a flat ceiling but too much of that will make a room sound dead. The other fix is diffusion, breaking the largest reflections by, say, putting a bookshelf opposite a bare wall. That's why you'll see lots of random surfaces in a good concert hall. Usually it's only hi-fi geeks who think about room acoustics, but bad sound is a hazard, affecting concentration, productivity, and blood pressure. Acoustical engineers make their living solving these problems, and I really wish they were consulted more often in the design of public spaces. Some local restaurants really make it hard to carry a conversation. But even a do-it-yourselfer with just a little awareness can do much toward freeing us from the tyranny of concrete, tile, and 90-degree angles. For KMUW, I'm Mark Foley. And you're listening to Musical Space. I'm Fletcher Powell here, as usual, with Mark Foley. Hey, Mark. Howdy, Fletcher. Uh, I am excited today because I expect we're going to hear a lot of really interesting uh, sonic sounds. Sonic sounds? Can I say that? (laughs) Uh, We're going to hear a lot of really interesting sounds anyway, talking about acoustics here. So uh, let's uh, let's get going with um, what we're already hearing. I guess Brian Eno, not surprised to see him on here. Yeah, my favorite rocker that you've never heard of. He's, He's known mostly as a producer now, but... Uh, he had an early experimental rock phase, kind of a splinter from the prog rock um, thing that was going on in uh, in England in the 70s. Uh, this is an amazing tune, and he's, and he's a real experimentalist. He starts out by putting an echo chamber on a bass guitar, which I've never heard before. <laughs> this is a tune called Third Uncle uh, on the Taking Tiger Mountain by Strategy album from 1974. Okay, well, we'll move on with uh, someone I I don't know, but this sounds like an incredibly interesting piece, and we've got a couple, really a couple different parts to deal with in this piece. Uh, Alvin Lucier, tell me first about the artist and and then about what we're going to hear. Yeah, he's only known among um, music experimentalists and academics, uh, but he's a really important composer, so he'd be a great name to to banty about. <laughs> Alvin Lucier, he was part of the 1960s uh, Sonic Arts Union. Um, so do some Googling on that. There's some really amazing and very strange music that comes out of that. So that'll open your mind. Um, but yeah, this is 
I'm sure his most famous piece, and it really underlines what we're talking about here. We're talking about room resonance and how it can be a good thing or a bad thing. And uh, this, uh, this piece was written in 1969. It's called I Am Sitting in a Room. And it starts out with him just speaking this text in a room. You can hear that he's, he's speaking into a microphone. And the text talks about how the room is going to color his speech. And he talks about uh, the process, which I love music that you, you can tell what the process is. It kind of brings you in, you know. Um, so the process is that he's going to re-record himself, just play the, the text back into the room, record it, repeat that over and over and over. And the text talks about how the room resonance is going to color his speech. And we're going to listen to three parts of it. So at the beginning, you'll just hear the dry sound. I am sitting in a room different from the one you are in now. I am recording the sound of my speaking voice and I am going to play it back into the room again and again until the resonant frequencies of the room reinforce themselves so that any semblance of my speech with perhaps the exception of rhythm is destroyed. What you will hear then are the natural resonant frequencies of the room articulated by speech. And now uh, let's listen to some, some of the middle where you can really hear the room just taking over. And you probably can't even tell what words he's speaking at this point because uh, the room resonances are just um, enveloping the whole thing. Now here's toward the end, and it's just a beautiful wash. And you can hear uh, really a symphony of sounds that the room itself is creating. Thank you. 
just a few little pieces, really, of that Alvin Lussier composition. As Mark said, uh, it's probably an hour long. So It's really long, yeah. yeah uh-huh. So uh, maybe look that up yourself and just experience the entire thing. Yeah, uh, do the whole thing. It's like ambient music on steroids. But, <laughs> yeah. but no, no, on ambient. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, cool. Uh, well, I guess we'll move along then, uh, though it would be fun to play the entire thing. Uh, Chet Atkins. Uh, very cool to see Chet Atkins on Yeah, here. he's one of the early uh, artists... Um, American artists to really take advantage of studio trickery. Uh, and this is going to be our introduction into the use and abuse and and my absolute love of the echo chamber. Uh, <laughs> tape echo is what they were using at the time where they would have a, a machine with a loop of tape and they would record the tape and the loop would, would move uh, toward the playback head. The playback head would uh, be fed back into the record head uh, Etc. So there's a lot of reiterations in this, um, and also he's an amazing guitarist, uh, Chet Atkins. I'm a huge fan. Uh, this uh, tune was written in 1963. It's called Blue Ocean Echo. talk about this sort of thing without talking about dub music uh sort of came along after reggae developed from reggae but but used a lot of this uh, overdubbing uh, dubbing right and uh-huh. and uh these echo sounds uh, i i love dub music i just think it's super interesting and and it's a lot of fun to listen to usually in the background it's right. not something uh-huh. i'm just going to sit down and and uh, focus on, but but it's really fun. Yeah, and really inspiring to a lot of artists, too. Absolutely. Like, I don't think British music would be the same without dub, right? Um, and I can't believe we've never talked about dub before. Yeah, that shocks me. You know, I know. Um, so dub is a, is a splinter from, like you say, from the, the reggae. Um, and uh, this person that we're going to hear, King Tubby, is one of the originators of dub style. And it was all a practical... Thing. He was a, a sound engineer, first of all, and, mm-hmm. and uh, he had a little recording studio. He didn't have the space in his studio to actually bring session musicians in, so he couldn't actually record reggae music, but he could take master tapes from other recordings and bring it into his studio, and he would remix it 
or dub it. So as you say, that's that's where the word dub came from. Yeah, it's amazing yeah. how people can use their limitations to develop something exciting and new. Yeah, right. Yeah, so he started a huge, huge thing. Um, this is a tune called Dub You Can Feel. I don't even know what the original track was that he's using, um, but the the signature sound from Dub is the echo, and you can you can hear him systematically sending each track to his echo chamber and then uh, highlighting those sounds. It's really amazing. Uh, this I, I want you to get this album. I'm going to buy it. It's called Ting, King Tubby Presents the Roots of Dub from 1976. a lot of really interesting musicians on here um we'll move we'll move on with robert fripp yeah uh we're getting back to uh british experimental rock he was the uh well he still is the leader of king crimson uh big session musician uh among you know prog artists and stuff um and he was one of the big proponents of using echo effects he and brian eno who you early heard earlier heard did a thing where they would um, send the guitar sounds into a tape recorder and the tape would be fed not into the take-up reel but into a second tape recorder that would be maybe four or five feet away. And then, so there'd be this long, long delay from, from the record to the playback head. The playback would be fed back into the record and uh, the echoes would be built up. Uh, they did some albums together. Uh, Fripp calls this Frippertronics. <laughs> um, and, and he did a lot of things where he, he's just playing unaccompanied, just him with the electronics. This is a later piece. Uh, it's called Sky on the Radiophonics album from 1995. Uh, I don't know if there are any Frippertronics on, on it per se, but it's just an amazing piece, and it's simply echoes building up.
Up next, someone I'm always happy to talk about, just an extraordinary guitarist. We may have talked about him before, Buckethead. Yeah, uh, uh-huh. If we haven't, te- before we get to the tune, tell us tell us just what his deal is. Okay, uh, Buckethead is the greatest guitarist in the world. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, you yep. know, like he's got more chops than anybody else alive or dead. Uh, he uh, comes out on stage wearing a Japanese mask and a KFC bucket on his head. <laughs> and this is true. Uh, yeah, I think I think the the best way to to get Buckethead would be to just YouTube him and see see yeah, him in action. Yeah. Um, he he's extremely prolific. I don't know, 30, 40, 50 albums, something like that. This is uh from the album Colma, C O L M A from 1998. Uh, this is called Big Sur Moon. And then we'll finish off with uh, someone I think is maybe one of your favorite musicians. I think maybe you've said this before. Certainly one of mine, Nico Case. Yeah, I really wanted to end up with one of the great American songwriters and performers. Um, This is from, I think, her best album, Fox Confessor Brings the Flood from 2006. And it's just amazing how much reverb you can stack into a tune and not have it wreck the tune. It just keeps adding this depth and and emotional weight to it uh it's an amazing tune um i'm kind of speechless i don't know what else to say Uh, just um, enjoy this tune it's called hold on hold on well we'll leave you with nico case uh, mark we probably could go on for a really long time with a zillion artists it's just amazing the things that people think up right yeah Uh uh-huh yeah echoes 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 No, it's unkind, but my own blood is much too dangerous. Hanging round the ceiling half the time. Hanging round the ceiling half the time. 